Welcome to The Complete Musician, creativity at its core, exploring innovative musical ideas, thoughts, and techniques for the modern musician in today's society, with your hosts, James Nagus and Drew Phillips. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Complete Musician Podcast. I'm James. And I'm Drew. And thanks for joining us again. Like I said, this is our third episode of our podcast, our second full episode. And uh, yeah, how are you today, Drew? I'm good. How are you today, James? I am good. It's a sunny day. It's a perfect day to talk about music and uh, all kinds of other crazy stuff. Great. It's a pretty gloomy day here, but uh, I wanted to ask you um, what, uh, what you had to eat for dinner last night. I had some pizza. What about you? Well, I went uh, to our favorite restaurant, Taco Bell, last night, and I had my normal menu order of 12 chalupas. Wow. I had a gordita uh, wrapped inside another gordita, and then I treated myself with a Mexican pizza. So this was just a, an appetizer, then? Exactly. Uh, but this Mexican pizza, I decided to fancy it up a little, Ooh. and I decided to get it a la mode. Oh... Nice. Now that's a fun word, mode. Yeah, which is my really terrible transition to talk about our topic of today's episode. Which is... Modes. So, modes. Musical modes, I assume, is what we're talking about, which is... Well, what are modes? Well, I wish we were talking about ice cream, but musical modes are the scales and keys that uh, the pieces that we play are set in. Now, I don't know about you, I, my perception of modes, I didn't even really know about them until probably, oh gosh, even early college theory classes. I always thought they were this kind of antique, you know, back in the, the church modes, the old music is what used this stuff. And I, I didn't really know what they were for a while, but I mean, it's just, it's just scales essentially, right? You're right. I didn't know what they were either until I got to my undergraduate, uh, and I thought they were pretty old too with the name of church modes but you're right they're just scales different organizations of whole and half steps so maybe for those that don't know what the different modes are i think maybe we should just list them and i think i can we can insert in a little music example just so you can hear what they sound like right the first mode that we like to talk about is called ionian which is essentially just our major scale you can easily find it by playing from one c to another c on the piano The next one is Dorian mode, which is from D to D on all the white keys, or the other way to think about it is minor scale, but instead of that flat six, you have a raised six. And we know Dorian mode for things like um, green sleeves. What child is this? That's one of the more famous pieces in Dorian mode. The third mode is Phrygian mode, and Phrygian mode has four lower notes from the regular major scale, the lower notes being the second, the third, the sixth, and the seventh. You can find that by playing from an E to an, the upper E on a piano, all on the white keys. So it's basically just minor scale with flat two? Exactly. Cool. Natural minor scale with flat two. And the next one is one of my personal favorites, and I know you like it too, which is Lydian mode, 
which is perhaps even more major than a major scale. It's a major scale with a sharp four. And I think later we'll talk about kind of the application of Lydian mode and what it can lend to a piece. The fifth mode is Mixolydian, which is essentially a major scale with a lowered seventh scale degree. The next one is Aeolian, which is just a natural minor scale. It's kind of funny that we call the natural minor scale Aeolian. That's a lot of vowels all up in a row. That is. It would be a good Wheel Ooh. of Fortune word. It'd be an expensive <laughs> Wheel of Fortune word. The last mode is the Locrian mode, which is very rarely used and does sound like a wood elf trying to attack you. Uh, but it's the only mode that doesn't have a perfect fifth from the root to the fifth scale degree. It's a tritone because the second, third, fifth, sixth, and seventh scale degrees are lowered. Ugh, the tritone. That's the devil interval. And especially in those church modes. Ugh. Well, I think that kind of brings us... Um, you want to go over to the composition corner? I think we should head and stick our noses all up in the composition corner. So here in the composition corner today, we're talking about modes. And we're going to piggyback a little on to our last discussion in the composition corner, which was limitations. We decided in our last composition corner that limitations were the constraints that we put on first-time composers or uh, on any new composition for people who have done it before that just make it easier to write. I think it's good just to have a game plan going into something and oftentimes scales or in this case modes gives you a foundation, a set of notes to choose from and oftentimes choosing a particular mode will lend itself to a type of mood or a character that a piece might have. And even if you're not concerned with note choice right from the beginning, having the, the feeling or, like you said, mood that you're trying to evoke with your composition is important to think about. So let's just go through them uh, one by one, and we'll talk a little bit about how other composers use them or what kinds of music you find these modes in, and maybe a little bit about how we use them as well. And the first one, again, is Ionian, or mo better known as the major scale. And I think you will agree that major scale, Ionian, it's, it's happy. And it really, I hate saying this in a shallow kind of way, most people associate Ionian mode with happiness, you're right, because uh, it, the tonic chord of an Ionian scale is major. Right, and I think probably the reason for this too is because it's naturally occurring in the harmonic series. The major triad, the Ionian triad, is part of nature. The next mode is Dorian, and one of the most popular resources of Dorian music that we have is some movie music that we all seem to enjoy from our Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Oh, swashbuckling tunes. And also for you video game people out there, the uh, entire Halo soundtrack is uh, Dorian mode. And that's a great soundtrack. It's a great game, too. <laughs> the Dorian mode is... Uh, it has less of a happy feeling than Ionian because that tonic triad that you would make is a minor triad. So I wouldn't necessarily say sad, but definitely doesn't evoke the same lifted feeling that an Ionian scale would. Since the Dorian mode is more closely related to the minor scale, 
it has that sense of almost um, a yearning or a mysticism about it too. And that raised six is what really separates it from just pure sadness of the minor scale. And our good friend Phrygian is next. And Phrygian by itself isn't as commonly found as something which is called the Phrygian dominant, which is taking that Phrygian, that flat two, that flat three, flat six, flat seven, and raising the third, which creates an augmented second, which is kind of an unusual interval. And so in that vein, you know, soundtracks like Fiddler on the Roof, um, that has a great example of that flat two is the trademark of Phrygian. Yeah, absolutely. Anything Klezmer, really. You know, the Maxwell Street Klezmer band, which I toured with. You did? When you were four, I think? I was on the kazoo. That's right. The next mode is, I think I can safely say, one of our personal favorites, and that's the Lydian mode. Mm -hmm. The Lydian mode, as James said, is more major than major because you have the tonic triad. That is a major chord. But when you raise that fourth scale degree, that makes the chord built on the second scale degree also major, which diatonically and Ionian would be minor. But when you have those two major keys next to each other, it creates a lifted feeling. So it kind of gives this sense of wandering or inspiration. Also with that raised fourth scale degree, if you walk up, uh, it's the first four notes of a whole tone scale. And I, I love using this mode in my own music. Um... Because, like you said, it's a sense of a real energy to it, uh, a really brightness. A lot of the compositions that we write have used the Lydian mode, even if the piece is not originally set in Lydian, have elements of it because, again, of that lifted feeling. And for me, I think the reason why I love it so much is because I grew up listening to a lot of film music, and a lot of film music relies on Lydian mode, especially a lot of John Williams scores. I mean, one I think off the top of my head right now is E.T., that very last moment um, is a great Lydian moment with that raised four horns, with the horns. blasting away. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then that brings us to Mixolydian, which is, again, that major scale with the flat seven. And for me, this is more of a, it's a dominant sound, um, but it's also a Celtic sound. So what, what are some soundtracks or other pieces that use Mixolydian? One of my favorite ones that I can listen to uh, since we already mentioned John Williams, is uh, his score from Far and Away. That theme uh, that that goes through the, the movie has that flat seven that I really enjoy listening to. Have you ever used Mixolydian in your own music? I have used elements of Mixolydian in my own compositions, and I like to kind of transition to that, especially when I take a theme that I've written and go down a whole step. Those kind of elements of Mixolydian with the flat seven scale degree. The next one is Aeolian, which has all those vowels, but is the natural minor scale uh, with the lower third, sixth, and seventh scale degrees. One of the best uses of the Aeolian scale to me is in a cadence. I like to go flat six, flat seven to one. That's a nice alternative, I think, to the standard five one cadence. And um, I'll add that one of my favorite uses of Aeolian is um, a nice garlic Aeolian on a hamburger. Oh, no, wait, that's Aeoli, sorry. A common mistake. Oh, it's a good one, though. Yeah. And finally, we are in Locrian, which is, ugh, it's just, it's an awful, awful mode. And it could be made even worse by making what's called Super Locrian, which is now everything is flat. And we don't really use Locrian all that much. 
mostly because it sounds like a horde of creatures trying to attack you. Locrian is a really tough scale to write with, especially because of that tritone. There's no dominant, really, sound in it. Uh, just a fun fact, in my ear training classes that I teach, when we learn about modes, I make uh, my students sing familiar tunes that they already know in all of the modes. Ooh, nice. Mary had a little Locrian, huh? Have you ever heard Take Me Out to the Ball Game in Locrian mode? I'm not sure if I want to hear that, but I'm kind of interested now. It would make me never want to go to a ball game. <laughs> well, I think the use of modes in a pedagogical application and a teaching application is great. And I know we've both done work um, incorporating modes into our teaching and with our students. So I think with that, it's time to move into our new section, which is called teaching tools. I think one of the most challenging aspects and interesting aspects of incorporating different modes into music, essentially, whether it's composition or musical learning, is that they provide different intervallic challenges and different ear training challenges than traditional major and minor scales, because major and minor is what Western music it's based more around, so we're familiar with that. So I know I've done a lot of work and I've created an etude book that essentially is incorporating and trying to introduce these modes with their unique scale intervals uh, at an earlier age for students so that they're stretching their ears and preparing themselves for the challenges of more contemporary or even atonally based music, but at a more accessible and gradual level. And I think modes are a great stepping stone for that. One of the things I do with my students is that we learn not only all of our major and minor scales, but we learn our scales, our, we learn the modes for every scale. Uh, the first uh, parts of lessons that I, I do privately with, with my college students is we do ear training exercises with call and response. And when we talk about certain modes, we, we play call and response games where one of us mimics the other in familiarizing ourselves, like you said, in different intervallic patterns and just different sounds to get in your head. And when you're working with your students in these exercises, this is away from printed music, correct? It is away from music. I feel like part of being a horn player is not only just pressing down the buttons, but we have to know where we're shooting for. And I just guess all the time. I think that one of the advantages of not using music is that we train our ears more than we're training our fingers so that we can rely so much more on what we're buzzing into the instrument than the fingering that we're putting down. Yeah, you got to actually hear the pitch and hear the interval before you play it. And I think also it's a, a greater sense of ownership in the music making process rather than just reciting an up and down, you know, a ladder scale. It's learning to think within a key, within a mode, which is more like speaking a language than just reading. True. And familiarizing yourself with keys that you don't know in different modes will just give you greater accuracy when you're playing. So the application of modes in a rote or an aural-based um, setting, I think, is definitely good for ear training purposes and for just ownership and learning of the different keys and scales and modes. And obviously, written exercises are important as well. Like I said, I have my etude book, which is, goes through all of the different modes um, several times. And I'm thinking there's you know, the possibility, too, for just taking, like you said, traditional tunes or even 
normal etudes and kind of modal sizing. Is that a word? Modalizing? Modal? It should be a word if it's not. Making them modal, I think, is a really kind of a neat next step to do. So if you're a teacher and your students are only learning their scales, their major and minor scales, branch out a little bit and stretch their ears and your own with working in different scale modes. So that about wraps everything up for this episode of The Complete Musician. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, We'd love to hear from you on topics you'd like us to talk about uh, so that we can talk about our experiences. Or if you just have burning questions you want to ask James or I. This podcast is going to be on YouTube and on iTunes. So you can contact us in video comments on YouTube or you can email us at coromotohorn at gmail.com. That's C-O-R-M-O-T-O. H-O-R-N at gmail.com and we'd really love to hear from you. So thanks for listening. And remember, as Pythagoras once said, an apple a day keeps the scales away. (laughs) 